Blue Collar Fitness. What is Blue Collar? Blue Collar is a mindset and attitude, and it's work that you can be proud of. I'm Trevor Powers. I'm Connor Burton. And I'm Josh Sargent. Whether you go to the gym, work at the gym, own the gym, or if you're just a creeper pretending to do curls watching girls on the elliptical, this podcast is for you, even you. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Blue Collar Fitness. We have a very special guest today, Ari Iraguin, all the way from uh, Florida. And uh, he's the co-owner of Androgenics Health Solutions. Well, Androgenics, uh, HRT, hormone replacement therapy, you want to correct me there? Advanced Health and Wellness. That's good. Advanced Health and Wellness. There yeah. we go. There we go. So um, basically today... Uh, going to be going over some of the options that um, are available today for optimizing your hormones, basically going over blood work, um, which I think everyone should get done. It's, uh, it's just one of those uh, health conscious activities that whether you know, you, you work out or not, or you're fitness minded or not, you should be health conscious. And uh, Getting, getting your labs done, going in at least once a year and seeing where your lipids are at, what your hormone levels are at, is extremely important for preventing a lot of. So welcome, man. How is, uh, how is the weather out there? It's always good here. Palm. We're from uh, living in Jupiter, Florida. It's a little north of West Palm. It's like an hour and 15 minutes north of Miami. So it's pretty much yeah. the same all year round. This time of year is actually the rainy season, um, and then during the winter, it's just pretty much 75 or 85 all the time. So, man, why know. am I living here? It's yeah, like smoke. Yeah, I can't I got out of we're, we're actually we're, we're actually begging for the rain to clear up all this freaking forest smoke. That's like the current event that's going on. There's all right. the smoke. We're just like, Oregon, please rain so we can get rid of the smoke and get outside. Hurricane right. Sally, though, right? You guys have that rolling in? No, I think that's in the, in the Gulf. I think it's on the west coast of Florida. We're on the east coast, so thankfully it's all right. Good to know. Um, Good to know. I saw a satellite image of the smoke from Oregon, and it like legit looks like just a huge uh, clouds like rolled out in the Pacific. It looks like its own system. I now know what it's like to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. That's I know. It feels like shit. And for for those people, they're they're especially adapted for this kind of climate. <laughs> For sure, heavy smokers like oh, <laughs> there's no big yeah, deal here. I've been preparing for this my whole life. <laughs> exactly. Go get mama some cigarettes. So moving into our our topics here for today, Ari, can we go over uh, basically if somebody's gonna get their blood work done, what's the first thing you guys look at, um, and and what are some of the mo- most common um, optimization strategies you guys use? Typically, when we get somebody's blood back, uh, the main things we're going to look for testosterone, total and free, um, and your SHBG, that's your sex hormone binding globulin. That's something we can get into in a little bit. A lot of people don't really understand the conversion from total to free and what they're really looking at when they read their blood work. Most people purely go off a of total, but what's actually the most beneficial and what your body can actually use that's available is the free. So. We kind of look at that and see like what we can do to bring up the free and typically when the free becomes high to the optimal level that we want is when we typically see symptoms improve in clients. And that's um, that a lot of times even physicians don't even pull is right. You'll hear people like, oh, I want my total to be 1500, 1800, 2000. Um, but just like I've seen in some people's blood work, their uptake to free is not very good. Um, for whatever reason, maybe they're 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 not getting the IM injection all the way in, or the uptake. If somebody's doing a cream, their you know their saturation of that cream might not be working. So we'll look at a different delivery method um, for that person, things like that. So typically, your sex hormone binding globulin, the way that we explain to people, is basically your total divided by your SHBG. Typically, gives you your free. It's not always the case. Um, your SHBG is something that we tell people is like a sponge. Um, so it's kind of genetic to, to a certain extent. If you have a bigger sponge, it's going to take more total to saturate that sponge to convert to free. Um, so typically, you'll see a quicker reaction from somebody with a smaller SHBG 
um, to free so they get more benefits out of therapy quicker or their symptoms improve quicker. And that's um, HPG again for our listeners is sex hormone sex binding. hormone binding globulin. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and those kind of all work together. Total SHBG and free are what you look at. How common is hypogonadism in uh, the patients you guys work with? Extremely common, I would say. Pretty much everyone that's coming in. I mean, even people that think that they don't really aren't lethargic or whatever will typically, rarely do we see optimal levels naturally, um, even in younger clients. I don't know if that's from the foods that we're eating or what the other factors that are coming in, but typically people are deficient in, uh, in hormones um, when so they come in. Factors, increased stress, increased uh, or lack of sleep. Definitely like yeah, lack of sleep. Alcohol so, is a big so one. Many, so many different. Smoking. Yeah. yeah. Right. Smoking. Everything affects uh, that. Do you guys see people that live a healthy lifestyle commonly as well that come in a hypogonadal or, or suboptimal? Totally. Yeah. Typically, everyone I've seen, I saw one guy the other day that was like 60 and his total testosterone was like 1050. And that was the highest I've ever seen natural. So he was like an anomaly, but normally that doesn't really happen. Um, is, that, is that a genetic uh, that's variation? Guy, right? Six years old. Yeah, I feel like that's... Is he a genetic much- freak like Trevor? <laughs> I could tell by meeting with that guy that he was not at an extreme deficit. You know, he's still feeling pretty good, but he wanted a little more. So... Maybe with him, we'll go a different route with maybe IGF-1 or something and leave the testosterone alone. Um, but that's as far as testosterone goes. You know, typically you'll hear the range of 300 to 1200. That's nanograms per deciliter. That's typically what people are looking at. Um, and, and that's and, total, not free. And that's total, yeah. And that, and that is a bell curve of like middle-aged people that aren't necessarily even optimal. So it's actually kind of, you know, it's kind of a... I don't know. It's not really the optimal range, right? People are like, oh, well, I'm at 1200, but their symptoms still aren't, you know, I'm still feeling a little lethargic. My muscle recovery isn't great, you know? So we'll even put people in the super physiologic range to improve symptoms, be 1500 to 1800. Um, it's really just dependent on the person. Cause it's not a numbers game. It, it's a symptom. You're trying to reduce symptoms of fatigue and uh, how people make people feel better. Right, exactly. And everyone's dose is different. So, you know, there's a lot of clinics or doctors, maybe they're, they're not specifically diving into hormones. So they're going to say, okay, here's a bottle of testosterone and and send you out the door. They're not really going to go into the aromatization to estrogen or DHT or anything like that. Um, And going into that, if you're going to go down the synthetic route or do the injectable testosterone, um, typically your basic prescription is going to be 200 milligrams a week. Um, and, and most PMDs or primary care physicians, if they do prescribe it, will send you out somebody with an ampule, a one CC ampule. Um, so they have no choice, but to take that whole injection at once. Um, this is getting a little bit too far into it, I guess for people, but it's a little complicated, but if you're taking 200 milligrams at once, once a week, you're not going to get as good of an uptake and conversion to free as you would if you were taking two 100 milligram shots a week, regardless so of the, the idea there is. So if you have your endogenous production, so the production that your own balls produce, you're, yep. you're produced, you're pulsing at night or throughout the day, a small amount of testosterone. If you take a large bolus once a week or once every two weeks, a lot of these, a lot of these doctors like every 14 days. Right. Because they see that, yeah. They see it's the half life of sip, sip eight being seven or five to days, but you know they're not really looking at total throughout that period of time. So they're saying, oh, the half life of sip eight is seven days, five days. We're good to take a shot every fourteen days because that's the full duration of the of the medication. Um, but then you get a high peak of yep. testosterone, which yep. leads to symptoms of you know you could have acne or uh, right dino or yeah just basically a, a super physiological dose of testosterone then you go suboptimal yeah with the next injection right because you might take it say you take 200 milligrams um at one time of cypionate pharmaceutical grade it's probably going to put your total around 1800 potentially higher um so you're going to hit that 1800 mark on monday and then as you progress through the week it's going to like you said drop down and you might be at 600 550 700 by the next time of your injection um so the theory that we do is we split it 
because we want to keep the the testosterone level level. So maybe not take it all the way up to 800 with half the dose, maybe keep it at 1200, but keep it at 1200 consistently while you're on therapy. So going back to blood work, what is the range for, we, we talked about total tests. What is the range for free, uh, not yeah, free tests that you guys look at? It, de it depends if you're um, talking about Quest or LabCorp, they have a little different scale. Um, Typically, the total testosterone between Quest and LabCorp is about the same, but with free, I'm going to go ahead and say LabCorp. Typically, it's, I believe they measure 5 to 27 uh, nanograms per deciliter. Um, and typically, when we see symptoms improve, we're looking for 30. It's typically where we like to put people. It's typically where we see symptoms improve. It's on the super physiologic side, but that's where people really, you know, come on and they feel their symptoms subside from lack of energy or libido, et cetera. That's interesting. Do you think maybe because the uh, synthetically produced exogenous testosterone is not quite as potent as endogenous or why do, why do you think that, what would be your theory on why symptoms are reduced when a uh, free test is slightly super physiological? Uh, I think that's just the best uptake, right? So like, your totals say your totals high but you know this is what happens when somebody's new to therapy and they come in um they're like oh my god am i going to feel amazing the next week probably not it's going to take a little bit of time to saturate the shbg um the sex hormone binding globulin and once you get that essentially that sponge once it's full and more starts to spilling over into free and that level comes up that's when they're going to see the increase in and symptoms and the really start feeling and typically I see that in six to eight weeks from starting testosterone therapy. So what if, you know, you know, what if a listener is, uh, maybe they're not necessarily feeling, um, like, like they're low, but they want to get labs done. Um, what can they expect? Uh, what, what avenue should they take? If they're wanting to get labs done, yeah, I think people should do their labs once a year, regardless if you're going to go down the therapy route or not. Um, I mean, you could, you know, see if your PMD will will request the labs. But a lot of times we we request a very extensive panel because we're going to check CBC, testosterone, estradiol, uh, thyroid. So TSH, T4, T3, we pull like a full panel that a lot of doctors won't pull because they see it as unnecessary. Um, so getting like a, a hormone specialist or something to request your blood is a good idea because you're going to get more out of it and you're going to be, be able to see every hormone level instead of just what the doctors look for. Well, you PMD. mentioned the uh, PMD and what was the other um, physician type? It was a PMD. Uh, and then a primary care physician, essentially. Gotcha. So or endocrinologist even. So then what about for our listeners that maybe do feel um, like they might be hypogonadal, they might have symptoms, um, what options do they have? What are, what are they looking at? If they don't want to go, um, a lot of times a synthetic or an injection route scares people. Um, right. So there's different methods. A lot of times we see, um, like if somebody's a little bit hesitant, typically you can do like an, a daily HCG uh application um so that's like a lower dose maybe we'll prescribe 250 ius a day of hcg that we'll see that basically help stimulate that luteinizing hormone and the fsh um so that helps still, your body that's still like a sub q injection daily for right? daily yeah that's what we see that works best so that'll stimulate your fsh and your lh basically that's your pituitary that stimulates your natural production um, so that's a good route for people to bring up their total. Um, and then we'll see the higher conversion to free without going down the synthetic route. So the advantages of the HCG for someone would be to bring up their endogenous testosterone production. So what their own balls are making yep. without putting an exogenous or extra testosterone from outside the body. Exactly. It's a, it basically, yeah, essentially, gotcha. if you're afraid of that route. Um, <laughs> so then... With the uh, other options, there's there's creams out there that people can use, right? There are creams, and creams do work really well. Um, so they're not our favorite choice because me personally, I would rather take two injections a week than apply creams twice daily. But it's not a wuss. 
Huh? That's problems with. And in Florida, it's hot, so mm -hmm. you know, if you start sweating, you might lose the the application or the. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I've, heard of, I've heard of guys that were putting it on their scrotum. That's the best then, application. And then they accidentally got it on their girlfriend, so then she's getting testosterone. So yeah, that that's that can be a problem. She's getting yeah. jacked. Yeah, vicariously. Her underparts are growing. <laughs> that's one of the biggest problems with the cream is the transference of the cream. So mm. I mean, they, you know, especially if you're applying scrotally. Um, I've heard different stories at a medical conference. We heard um, one guy was applying it, I think on his on his arm here, on the inside of his arm or the inside of here, and he was, you know. I think he was hugging one of his adolescents or playing with his daughter or something. And, and they started to see hair growth on where he was touching her from the testosterone cream. Oh, no. um, it's effective. It's crazy. I mean, I, once that stopped, it went away, but that is, that's, you just like hurt someone and like on top of their shoulders, just like patch of hair growing. I need to um, hug that you guy. You applied your cream and then you were intimate with your partner. <laughs> you might see some, some transfer. <laughs> Yeah, I need to make friends with these kind of people. Just, just <laughs> hug them and get transfers of. Uh, sure, <laughs> are you hugging this guy so much? No, are are you? I checked out the website and there is uh, some mention of vitamins, uh, different injectables, and I wanted to ask you about um, fenugreek. I mean, does that increase libido? Can it make a person horny? What's your um, take on that? Yeah, it can potentially. Is that something you were looking into, or? As oh, far as like for, injectable, for, huh? for people who want to go, go down the natural route. Right. Uh, typically, like the best thing to increase libido that we're seeing is like the HCG. I mean, it's going to make like stimulating your LH and your FSH is going to be super beneficial in that. A lot of times you'll even see like if guys are on synthetic testosterone or whatever, it suppresses your FSH and your LH. Obviously, when you're getting an exogenistic form of testosterone. Your body's natural production shuts down. That's why people are like, don't take tests. Your balls will shrink, right? That's one of the stigmas of it. Um, typically, if you if you take HCG, you're going to combat that. And then also, it's going to keep your libido up. Your girlfriend will appreciate it. They, she will appreciate it. It does other things that we can go into, but I don't or know. boyfriend, if you're into that. You know. <laughs> or, <laughs> but yeah, injectable vitamins are great. A lot of, we have a McB complex. Um, those are amazing. Right. Um, if you don't mind the injection, that's the best application method, I think, or deli delivery method. And with injectable amino acids, um, those are great. So like your uptake of injectable carnitine or arginine or glutamine is so much better um, injectable opposed to powder. Gotcha. And Thank just you. just kind of kind of going back to uh, what? <laughs> oh, are you trying to say something? Okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, you, you mentioned uh, McB, or what was that one vitamin you're talking about with the injection? McB, it's a it's a combination of B2, B3, B5, and B12, I believe. Okay, B6. so what are some common symptoms that um, someone would, would experience, and that could be, uh, I guess, uh, com or fixed with those B vitamins? Um, as far as, like, whenever we pull um, anyone's blood, we can go into D2. One of the most simple things that people lack is vitamin D, as we've heard, um, and that's something we'll we'll supplement also. Even people in Florida that think that they have high vitamin D because all the sunlight, um, just they just don't have it. Because even for myself, I live in Florida, but I'm inside working most of the time, so even my vitamin D can be low. And dude, you're wearing hoodies all the time. Come on. And I wear hoodies all the time. Um, so when I got my labs done, it was August 15th. So that's like the most sun you're going to get. And I was supplementing with 10,000 I use a day and I was low normal, like not, right. not low, but like, so I'm doing 15, you know, thousand. 15,000 I use? Might, might as well, man, because 10,000 had me at, right. uh, at the lower end of normal. So hopefully the 15, right. because, I, you know, orally it's, it's not as bioavailable as. Uh, uh, right. Injectable. Or injectable. Oh, so you guys have injectable vitamin D. Uh, we do not currently. We have injectable B. We just take, but also over the counter, there's like a, you know, you've got sus micronized sustained release and then you got 
whatever you're going to get at GNC maybe, right? So we don't know the efficacy of something out of a GNC. And, I, and I'm not calling out any brands or anything, but that's drastically different from a pharmacy to, to a, a basic supplement shop. You know? Right, so, it, so like a uh, medical grade supplement. Yeah, there's you can never beat that essentially, right? And like symptoms of low vitamin B, you know, you might have anema, weakness, fatigue, um, memory loss, anything. Um, numb, numbness or tingling um, could be anything. So typically we'll put somebody on an injectable, that MCB complex that we have. Um, it's super good. You know, women will start with maybe one ML once a week. Guys can do three MLs uh, once a week, break that up into one ML injection throughout the week. So, so can you explain to us um, what um, basically what it means to have ideal testosterone versus when you have low testosterone? Like I'm, I'm 52 years old. Um, so I'm sitting here with three guys who are in their mid twenties. So our testosterone levels are very different, but what, what is it that I would experience at 52 versus what they're experiencing in the twenties and what would someone be experiencing overall that would make them want to get their testosterone checked? Um, as far as low testosterone, um, I mean, you could maybe go into like some of your symptoms. I mean, everyone's saying, you know, the way that you feel when you're 20 versus the way that you feel when you're 50 is obviously probably drastically different. I'm not 50 yet. Um, but I can only imagine, you know, as your adrenals wear out, naturally your testosterone is going to fall off. That's just natural. Once you hit 30, your body is, starts playing against you. And it's, it's all about how to like kind of combat time essentially. Um, and you might not recover like you once did. You might have joint pain. You might have, you know, random inflammation, anything like that. Lower sex drive, lower quality of erections. Essentially, you know, the, the erections you get when you're 18, the morning wood is, is not how it's going to be when you're 50. And typically a lot of people, you know, want to improve that. That's a huge part of their life. And, mm -hmm. you know, even people with struggling marriages and stuff that if their sex life goes down, that can put a big stress on their on their relationship and, and cause a lot of problems that wouldn't be there regardless. So, so how do you combat the stigma of testosterone? Because I, I think that's one of the biggest thing when people find out you're on testosterone, testosterone they, they tend to make fun of you. Yet all the research that I've done with testosterone is that it's an essential part of every building block of, of the body in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it, it is very essential. And why is there the stigma that, well, if you're taking testosterone, then, then you're, you're, you don't need it or you, have, you, you can't get your dick up? What, what is that? Right. It's really interesting. Um, the stigma behind it, the stigma behind uh, all of hormones is the biggest thing that, that we battle probably on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, basically, you know, some guy, that's what I was saying, goes to his primary care physician, you know, um, Hey doctor, you know, I feel like shit. I, I, I can't get it up. You know, my wife's unhappy. My, you know, my muscle pain's horrible. I can't recover from the gym. I'm always tired. They're going to pull your blood. Maybe look at that range. Oh, well you're 400, you know, you're in that range. I don't, I don't need to, you know, prescribe it for you. Um, and the, and the stigma, I guess, is probably that they correlate testosterone with with anabolic steroids or, you know, some sort of abuse instead of, you know, optimizing a natural hormone that's in your body. Um, so basically what we do is bioidentical hormones. Um, so everything we prescribe is something that's bioidentically made in your body. Um, and that's and we can go into like the stigma behind it is something that I think that that the uh, medical industry put out because bioidentical hormones are not patentable. Um, anything that's bioly exactly how it's made in your body, a big pharma company cannot patent it. Um, therefore they, it deters them from, from going down that route. So I feel like there's been a lot of stigma put out against it um, to kind of combat that. Um, and we make our money based on helping people and preventing symptoms and other medicine makes their money based on, prescribing drugs to, to fix a problem or what they think is a problem, kind of a bandaid. They kind of put a bandaid on a problem and we try to prevent the problem from happening. Right. One, one thing I've noticed, I've been on testosterone for almost a year now. And, and mm -hmm. I can say that the biggest thing for me was my energy levels uh, as right. well as my self-confidence. Um, yeah. My energy levels allow me to go. I mean, I go pretty much morning to night every day with, with work and with the different businesses that I own and the different things that I do. But one, one thing that people tell me is, you know what, you're 52 years old, you should not have an 800 or, or 1000 testosterone, because nature meant for you to just go down as, as you go up. And I'm like, well, no, that's not true, because I still need to function, and especially in today's world. But I get a lot of people tell me that I do not need to be on testosterone. 
And I, and I, I find that untrue. What are your thoughts on that? I find that totally untrue. Um, cause that's another thing as far as a health standpoint, uh, typically everyone can agree when we're our youngest, our, our hormones are the most optimal or the highest, right? And that's typically the lowest chance we have of getting future diseases. Um, so putting your hormones at that level, you know, as you go through life will, will help you prevent a lot of future problems that might arise from hormone deficiencies. That's what I like tell them. Like it, it can prevent, um, you know, against cardiovascular disease, hypertension, um, yep. arthritis. Is, does that sound about right? Yeah. And those are different hormones. Like your highest rate risk of prostate cancer is when your total testosterone and free are below the, the normal range. Typically when your total testosterone is below 250 nanograms per deciliter, you're actually at the highest risk of prostate cancer. And for some reason, there's a stigma that, oh, my God, if you take you know, high amounts of testosterone will stimulate prostate cancer. That's from a study done in the 60s where there was three men with prostate cancer and the uh, the doctor basically turned all of them into a unit, basically removed all of their testicles and they saw a decrease in the size of the prostate cancer or the tumor that was prevalent. So they made anecdotal evidence based on that, that high testosterone levels are the cause of prostate cancer. It seems like some of the studies that I looked at that hypogonadism actually increases cardiovascular events. Yeah. So having optimal hormone levels is just going to lead to decreased levels of mortality overall. Right. The, the, more, the more optimal your hormones are, the more preventative you are from any future disease, right? Same thing when your testosterone is high and your hormones are optimal. Even with COVID-19, you're at, you're at a lower risk of, of getting run down by a virus um, than you would be opposed, you know, or if you have, you know, extreme adrenal fatigue, things like that, we can get into. So that's pretty good on the testosterone. Um, we can always go more into that. But I think uh, important, even more important than that potentially is the talk of estradiol or estrogen in men and females. Um, so basically, in men, testosterone converts to DHT or estradiol. So a lot of guys you'll hear in um, a stigma like, oh man, estrogen blockers, estrogen blockers, block your estrogen. That's all you ever hear. There's actually a lot of huge side effects to overblocking your estrogen or taking too much aromatized inhibitors, which would be anastrozole, exemestane, et cetera. If you push it down too much, your joints will hurt. Estrogen lubricates your joints. It lowers plaque buildup. It actually increases your libido and your quality of your erections. So there's a perfect balance to everything. And that's another problem we see with patients that come over to us from other clinics is like, you know, their doctor will go, okay, here's your testosterone. Here's your anastrozole being the the estrogen blocker or aromatized inhibitor. And we'll see you later, right? Take, take two or three of them a week. And then I'll get called by a guy. Hey, my, my dick's not working. I'm on testosterone. I don't understand. We'll pull their blood. Their estradiol might be under 20. And typically I'll be like, well, you're taking too much. And we'll, we'll combat that by bringing up the estradiol. It's so counterintuitive, but female libido is driven by testosterone and male libido is driven by estrogen. Yeah. Most people have no idea. And so many guys are like, ooh, estrogen bad. Well, no, you know, estrogen Estrogen good. Estrogen will actually, higher estrogen levels will help you build more muscle. Yeah. It also drives your libido. But there's there's always a certain point. And once you cross that point, then the estrogen is actually it's it's going to have some negative effects as well. Same with right, yeah, Absolutely. just same same with testosterone. So it's not like it's not like oh, just keep on pumping your body through full full of estrogen, and you're, you're going to be fine. <laughs> it's no. not go take some estrogen tablets. No, fuck no. Right, right, and then it's dependent on the person, you know. But typically, when you find somebody does it under twenty or twenty five nanograms per deciliter, you start to see some <laughs> effects essentially. And the same thing with women that's interesting is like postmenopausal women, premenopausal women, during their cycle, their, their estradiol might fluctuate from 50 up to around 400. It's typically why they have such high, you know, ranging moods throughout the month. That's really not their fault. And then after they go through menopause, their estradiol becomes greatly suppressed, typically under 50, under 40, under 30. And most doctors won't prescribe estradiol for whatever reason. They'll prescribe Prim Pro, which is a progestin from a mare, which is a horse. 
um, because it's patentable and they can bill your insurance for more. Typically the reason why. And it actually has a lot of health risks opposed to where a bioidentical hormone clinic is going to prescribe estradiol or E2, which is the bio. So great segue. Let's talk about HRT for women. Okay. Women are like 10 times more complex than men. Um, so every time I get a woman, oh, I have no idea. And you wonder why so I'm gay. Then that matches up to my. <laughs> Who's that? You wonder why I'm gay. Now, now, now are you, um, how about we start with the estradiol, estrogen levels? What what is optimal for a female? Um, what age uh, depends. Uh, typically, we don't like. I'm net. We're never going to prescribe estrogen for a woman that's premenopausal or perimenopausal. Typically, just postmenopausal. Um, their estrogen, unless something's way out of whack, which we'd never really see. Um, maybe they had a hysterectomy early or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you're never going to prescribe estradiol. Typically, premenopausal, perimenopausal, they're going to be fine. Their body's naturally going to fluctuate and, and create their you know their normal cycle. Um, so what but, type of go ahead. What types of results do you guys see with postmenopausal women? Postmenopausal man, like huge. Typically, will you know their progesterone will be low. That's typically a woman's feel-good hormone. That when that goes out the window, their quality of life goes down. That becomes suppressed. Um, well, typically, a normal panel that we'll go for is we'll look at their cortisol levels. Typically, we'll prescribe DHEA. Um, that's another thing. So much to it. Um, so, oh, sorry, what was that? Postmenopausal women? You want to well, see? Yeah, maybe start with postmenopausal women, and then maybe talk about what you can do with pre and, and peri after that. Okay. I would say the most beneficial thing that you're looking at postmenopausal women is um, just like testosterone prevents, you know, prostate cancer in men. The the estradiol and the high estrogen levels, or what is normal will prevent women from breast cancer. So when that estradiol goes down, they're at a much higher risk postmenopausally of, of future breast cancer, um, you know, et cetera. It can also slow down their rate of hair loss, right? Exactly, yep. And though their hair can get brittle, you know, these are all symptoms that we'll ask when a client comes in, you know, tell me, is your hair brittle, your fingernails, you know, et cetera. And those are all kind of telltale signs of low estradiol um, or progesterone. And then a lot of times when we're looking at females, we'll look at cortisol. Um, cortisol is your fight or flight hormone, essentially. The way that cortisol works is like in the morning, your cortisol should be high. And at night, we want it to be low. Typically, when people have adrenal fatigue or they're extremely stressed, it's the opposite. So they're going to wake up lethargic and then be restless at night. Typically, anybody that's been through a lot of stress feels those symptoms. They're tired all day and then they don't know why they can't go to bed at night. Um, so what we'll test is DHEA sulfate, um, and, and basically those are on a, almost on a pendulum. So as one goes up, the other becomes suppressed. So if we can supplement with DHEA, it typically regulates cortisol um, and helps you know, improve those symptoms of somebody not being able to sleep. I like it. What about women, um, you know, in their early 20s? Should they be getting tested? Because we have a lot of friends that are like, you know, 21 through 25. What should their, you know, testosterone? Um, Nobody believes you be? have friends. What's that? <laughs> Nobody believes you have friends. It's only you, Dave. All my friends that are girls. <laughs> <laughs> All my girlfriends. What are we looking for in a, in a young, healthy female? Yeah. yeah. Should a young, healthy um, female get her blood work done? We're looking at lipids, so diet, triglycerides. That's that's something they're going to fix on their own or they're not. Um, so ideally, we want to see good cholesterol in everybody. Obviously, low LDL, high HDL. Um, LDL being the bad cholesterol, HDL being the good cholesterol. You want to look at thyroid. So TSH, T4, and T3. Free T3 being the most important. That's what really matters. Um, progesterone. We want to see all those at a, at a, at a good level or optimal, um, you know, things like that. So progesterone, we want to see high, um, or at a good range estradiol. We're not going to touch, but we can monitor it. Um, we want to see a good free T3 uptake because typically lack, you know, hypothyroidism is the leading 
cause of depression typically and you know lethargicness and osteoporosis um, right so we're looking at progesterone thyroid free t3 estradiol igf1 um, and lipids essentially and typically if somebody's young and they're and they're good in all those ranges i mean nobody's going to be perfect in everything unless you basically are been doing therapy for five years or something and you know i need this dose to get this result from this pharmacy or x even if it's vitamin d or b so this is a fitness podcast um let's let's get into the uh the fun the, stuff yeah here. the good stuff so a lot of guys think they need to go on some exotic cycle of steroids to get right. results gym um talk let's talk about the results you guys have gotten with bioidentical hormone therapy and basically i would call it souped up trt but you guys are you guys monitor blood levels and you it's under a doctor's supervision right you guys are um, yeah making sure that lipids are in range and the body's health markers are all good and yeah pretty awesome results right yeah what people get messed up on the street versus uh we've talked about this before is like People think, oh my God, I need 600 milligrams of this and 400 milligrams of that and X of this. So, you know, I've seen people with, we call it street gear or bathtub gear, whatever you want to call it. Things that comes off the street where you don't know the efficacy of what it is. Um, and, you know, we pull their total and free and it, and it looks like they're not even on what would be 100 milligrams of pharmaceutical grade testosterone. So that's where most people go wrong. They, they start off with low quality. So then it's kind of a, a crapshoot, whereas like, you know, I don't know how, you don't really know how many milligrams per week you're taking in. So that's the thing. Um, and, and HRT, if you're doing high pharmaceutical grade, anything, you can get a lot out of a little. And that's kind of our thing is to get, use the least amount and get the most results. Um, and that's gonna be the healthiest route for people. So if somebody's wanting to bodybuild or like get a good amount of results, we can go pretty hard with it. Um, but you know in a safe dose we're going to look at your lipid panel you know and we're going to limit ranges and t durations of being on certain things for a certain amount of time so nobody's going to get prescribed nandrolone or oxandrolone or, or stanozole if, if their lipid panels are out of whack or their liver enzymes are high um, right but those are all things you should check you know because you'll, you'll see people come off the street and their liver enzymes are way off through the roof and you know and then their total's not even high so it's like they're not even really getting much out of it, you know. It's just there's a lot to that whole deal. I just think I would encourage most people to go through a doctor if possible, or you or have other options too. Like people don't just have to take more and more and more cc's of um, steroids or you're gonna hit a saturation point at a certain point too. There's like you can only uptake so much, and people don't want to hear that, but you know a thousand milligrams of, of street is maybe 400 milligrams if even that pharmaceutical right most of the time you guys also have things like um growth hormone secretagogues and igf1 and uh you know l-carnitine and, and all these other um things that can help you get more performance out of less um what we'll talk about some of those options okay as far as like IGF-1, growth hormone, things like that. Ideally, you want to you want to get the most um, out of the least, like I said, and you want to do. Typically, we'll stray away from the anabolics and go for a different route if possible. Um, a good pair, if if somebody can afford it, is IGF-1, uh, CJC-1295, and ipamorelin. That's a peptide that basically stimulates IGF-1 production, um, and and obviously IGF-1 causes hyperplasia which is the creation of new muscle cells and anabolics create hypertrophy, which is the expansion of current muscle cells. So those paired together, go ahead, Connor. More gains. More gains, essentially. More gains. Yeah, so those <laughs> together do, are great. So the IGF-1, um, repair muscle tissue, tendons, you know, joints, ligaments, hair, skin, nails, you know, it, overall health and wellness, it's amazing. Right. And I, I wanted to be kind of an open book with some of the things that I've been doing. So I had hip surgery, as some of you guys may know, uh, about 11 months ago, where I had hip reconstruction. And it's 
it's pretty bad still. Um, it's it's not very good. Um, I I've been really pushing the rehab as hard as I can, um, and there's some some uh, options that have actually been working with Ari and Androgenics with, as well as a stem cell doctor to come back and get better. So, um, and one of the the things that I've been using with Androgenics is peptide therapy. So there's uh, BPC-157, as well as uh, thymosin beta-4, and then also utilizing uh, nandrolone, which in, upregulates the uh, synthesis of collagen in, in the joint, gives you a little bit of uh, padding, right? Like yep. water, water padding. Um, and I've actually been using uh, those guys now for about a month, as well as what you were talking about before the epimorlin with the CJC 1295 and the IGF one. That's I think it's day five now for me on that. Yeah. Uh, and I actually go in to get the stem cell injections a week from tomorrow. Um, so ideally, uh, damn, I can take my so. hip from about a two out of 10. Um, I was talking to the doc today, I actually just got done talking to him and we're actually going to have uh, that my doctor, as well as his, uh, his, uh, coworker, uh, partner that's in works actually in Arizona on the podcast here in two weeks, um, to go over more of this stuff. So we don't, we don't get too much into that today, but ideally get this hip rehab, talk about some of the, the peptide options you guys have, and, and maybe some of the success stories that you've seen with the, the clientele over there at Androgenics. Okay. So as far as peptides, I mean, there's joint repair, like we were talking about the BPC-157, TB-500, uh, Nandrolone, that's obviously DECA, um, which is an anabolic, but at, at, a, at like 100 milligrams a week, it's, it's a therapeutic dose where you're not going to have any dramatic side effects or anything like that. It's actually super beneficial, lubricating the joints, things like that. And then the IGF-1 will just help like overall all tissue repair faster than it would normally. I like even strain my back squatting, which I'd never done. I like couldn't move for two days. And then I got ordered my more IGF one and like within two or three days I was fine, you know? And I was like, okay, you know, you sleep better, deeper sleep, you're gonna recover. That's just I've noticed. I've been sleeping like a rock. Yeah, you take it at night sub Q and, and you just pass out and you wake up. It's like a Eight hours and you're fully rested. Seven hours and you're good. I need help. I Jesus also, Christ. Uh, I, I, need, I need all this. Let's get Trevor a big <laughs> pile of that. I've been doing it. <laughs> You'll love anyway, it. I trained, uh, I trained legs. When I say trained legs, I did leg exercises this morning. Um, and this is now like 14 hours later. And my arms are still like like they used to be uh, with a pump in the gym. You know. So what, yeah. would, you, what would you accredit that to? I, I think it's the IGF-1, man. Yeah. Yeah, what, it's like you, you just always have a pump. You just always have a pump. Yeah, we'll have a pump all the time. Yeah, I mean, the like the way that. Go ahead. The, the increased blood flow, you're increasing the the healing factor. Like yeah, you, you're increasing all the nutrients delivered throughout your entire body, so your entire body's just healing a lot faster than you usually would, which makes sense. I see it. <laughs> uh, it. It thickens your hair. Like I just, I feel like. There's a lot of health benefits to that drug. Like if somebody can afford to do IGF-1 um, or, or a therapeutic dose of growth hormone and they're, and they're feeling wore out or beat up and they need help sleeping, that's I what I would I would go for. A lot of business professionals that like are aging really well that you'll see like, man, they don't look like they're aging at all. They're probably on a therapeutic dose of growth hormone or IGF-1. J-Lo, baby. J-Lo's on all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can afford it with their prime genetics. Oh, yeah, we'll miss yeah. And people get younger as they get older. It's like they're for sure on IGF one or Tom Cruise. You know, Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway. You just leave dropping. You guys seen David Guetta lately? The, uh -uh. the music he's like artist. Fifty-two. He's a he's a DJ. He was always like he's a legend, and now he's got like an eight pack with like an extra twenty pounds of muscle at fifty-two. It's like okay, I see what you're doing, buddy. Somebody has a ghost trainer. <laughs> Those guys. Somebody has a pharmacy. Dude, I could use some of the IGF one. I could need my hair to get a little bit thicker, you know? Thicken it up. 
Ooh, Speaking of uh, of uh, yeah, big, big names, Ari, Ari, uh, I was checking out your your Instagram profile and. Speaking of celebrities in the fitness industry, you're able to um, work out with Charles Glass. Why don't you, Charles Glass is a you know a guru, a legend in bodybuilding. Why don't you tell us? We're kind of sw switching gears here. Why don't you tell us about how that was working out with Charles Glass? Because I was just like, great. Um, I guess I don't know. He just has like he's like been the best. He's the best trainer at like Gold's Gym Venice, essentially, right? So I haven't been there in a minute. Um, Know, just like a different method like he like does little he'll do like little adjustments with you that seem like they're a waste of time but it, it makes it drastically different I, I don't even know how to explain it unless you lift with him everyone thinks like bodybuilders just go in the gym and throw weights around but like the really really good ones are super good at isolating the muscle you know people as they train over time your mind muscle becomes better i think it's why a lot of people lack back development i feel like it's the hardest mm -hmm. to get your connected to your mind Speaking of back, you, you have some massive lats, dude. That that was your strength in classic and you know, classic physique, bodybuilding and in and in physique. Like, dude, have you always had those big lats? Like I guess so, yeah. I don't know why. I mean I train yeah. them and stuff, but I don't know. I guess I used to do construction, so maybe I like I pick shit up all day and then I would go to the gym and pick more things up. So I think maybe that was a <laughs> I think you know, and this is blue collar fitness, blue collar highest. But I think there's something to be said for people that work manual labor jobs mm -hmm. carrying over into whatever sport they go into. There's a certain Dude. amount of uh, general physical preparedness that they that they they have, and, and a work of, ethic, and a work ethic, right? Well, also with grip too. I mean, like just a, just that co contraction and being able to to like you know have a lot of work ethic, but also the strength. Like you have the forearm strength and just being able to handle that workload. Right. We just, we just pulled up for the people listening. We just pulled up a picture of Ari and he's looking massive. Yeah. That is one of the best rear lat spreads I've seen. Let's, let's talk about your, uh, <laughs> where's that picture at? What are you pulling up? It's, it's on your ID. It's your, it's your rear lat spread. Oh, okay. It's what, not a different website. What, what so Ari, Going going back to nationals, how oh, was that? How was competing in nationals? Um, I believe that that was twenty nineteen. Yeah, it was uh, USA's in Vegas. Yep, uh, it was good. That was a tough show. That's like the hardest national show you can do. Um, it's like the you know a hundred of the sickest classic physique guys in the country. <laughs> so you like back there with like like everyone's good. Like everyone looks good. You know, you're like wow. Because I feel like it's a little bit misleading nowadays. There's like so many uh, shows and, and people go, you know, you can get right. There might be a class where it's like there's like four people in it. You get second. You're nationally qualified. You're like, oh, my God, I'm going to go to nationals. And you go there. And those dudes have been trying to go pro for like, I don't know, five, six, seven years. So, I mean, you just got these like sick physiques and they're always there. Um, and then, like they told them like. A lot of the guys that place top five at USA's would be top five in a pro show the next week. It's just getting the pro card, you know. Um, that's what I actually like that they make it hard to get your pro card in bodybuilding because it, it gets more validation behind it. Um, you really have to be good to go pro, you know. And, you know, this is a perfect example. You, you know, you be at nationals and stuff, and it's something that I wanted to talk about tonight. I think bodybuilding um, – in a lot of ways has become a drug culture instead of a training and nutrition and hard work culture. Yeah. And people are over relying on pharmaceuticals. It, are there pharmaceuticals in the sport? Yeah. Do you need optimal hormone levels? You know, unless, unless you're genetically gifted with um, muscle building genetics and optimal hormone levels, you're probably going to need to, to optimize those levels. But that also doesn't mean you need to go out and take grams and grams of stuff you know, with you, you should focus on the training, focus on the diet. And, and, and if you're going to do it, go through a doctor, um, you know, like, like you guys have there at Androgenics. Um, mm -hmm. You and, can get so much out of so little. I, I just think, I just think like what we were talking about earlier is like people go the wrong route. They, they start with 400 milligrams of testosterone that's street. And really we don't know what that is, right? They say, Oh my God, I got a guy. It's a good source. Right. And another thing I'll see too with guys that are pinning street gear 
is like they'll have like hematoma or a lump on their injection site. You'll you'll see it if you look for it. Um, I've seen it at shows like guys will have like knots in their thighs and stuff. That's from just low quality oil going in your system there, you know, and then you'll see liver enzymes go through the roof, stuff like well, that. Heavy, you got to be worried about heavy metals as well. Um, you know, and it's, who knows, honestly, man, who knows where that, um, that raw powder is coming from. Even if you, you know, you, maybe, you know, a guy or whatever, you know, he's a good Everyone guy. knows a guy, right? Yeah, he's, you he's know, getting it. where's he getting it? <laughs> He's getting yeah. it some powder from China. Who knows how right. pure that powder is? And then he's cooking it in his house or his bathtub or whatever. And um, and then it's probably tainted. Who knows, you know, who knows actually how pure the raw product is that he's getting, even if he's on top of it. So for sure. Yeah. I mean, think about it. It's just like any other drug somebody's selling on the street. They're going to cut it and make a profit. And the less they put in the oil, the more money they make. Right. I mean, the... Uh, I don't, you know, if, if you guys were online in the fitness community the last six years, Team 3CC, you know, Boston Lloyd, you know, if, if, if he was actually pinning that much gear, he'd be dead. Like, are you hit 25 grams a week or whatever? Ridiculous. Like, are, what, what the actual? I would like to see what somebody's blood looked like that was doing that. Like, what's your actual uptake, right? Like, at a certain point, like, is your free actually going up that much more or is your conversion to DHT just super high? Like, your we, did, I don't know. we did my blood work. Dude, my total testosterone was at 1500 on 140 milligrams a week. Like, yeah. That's not a lot. That's like that's nothing. Not that's nothing. That's like a little tiny, like, it's, it's doing 0.2 of a. I told someone the other day that was on 600. Of street and their total was 550 you know i'm like wow. what is this dude you know so so it's a mind thing you know it, it trips people out they think the more oil in the needle the more gains but that's really not the case most of the time right and then you're putting so much oil in your body that your body has to break down it's it's bad you know hard and then you'll ask them to come in and do blood and they won't do it because they know how bad it is right right you got it you guys if you're Whoever's listening, you know, if I'm if I'm talking to you, and you're doing street stuff, like, come on, man, like, it. What's what's your health worth? You know, money money is. I get it. Like, blood work can be expensive, but if you're going to all the trouble to buy all this this street stuff, you know, and you're spending money on that, and you're not spending money on getting your blood work done, what are you doing, man? Like, everybody's you know heard of. You know rich piana and uh who's who's the young guy that passed away a couple years ago uh, dallas mccarver dallas mccarver you know and, and a lot of people think that that was maybe myostatin inhibitors or something that uh the guy I mean, they released his blood work on the autopsy it was something else i mean i don't know you know it whatever it is what it is like he was reportedly doing 12 or 15 grams a week yeah I think his, um, I think they said his, uh, his total testosterone was 55,000 nanograms per deciliter. That's oh my gosh. 55 times what the optimal is, I guess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I just remember, I remember seeing his Instagram photo and I was like, that's not normal. Like it was like a wow factor. Like this guy looks more freaky than Rich Piana. And the next week I found out he was dead. Being right. jacked, is cool, you know, but this bodybuilding thing is supposed to be healthy, man. Right. Well, what would be interesting is a guy like that. Obviously, he had amazing genetics, trained super fucking hard, right? But it's like, at what point? I mean, there had to be a threshold where more was not more, right? Like maybe right. he could have done six grams and and had the same uptake as fourteen. I don't know. Right. You never know because they don't ever test. I don't. Think. So, you know, for whatever reason, my body utilizes a little bit really well so i'm not saying everybody can have a super awesome level at 140 megs a week but you know go get your blood work done if you need 250 to feel good well typically another thing people do like let's say like pharmaceutical grade bottle of testosterone for 10 ml is 150 dollars right they're gonna go oh well my, my buddy's got it at 80 for 200 for 10 mls but but it's going to take you four times as much street to get 
the, the total that you want from pharmaceuticals. So you're actually 80 times four, it's 320. You're at double the price for the same result and a higher liver enzymes, most likely. Absolutely. And also, you know, who so knows? If you put it in that retrospect, then people kind of get it, you know? Yeah. Who knows if it's real? Like, I think I was telling you this on the phone the other day. Uh, I was listening to Seth Ferrosi's live stream. And if you, if you guys don't know, Seth Ferrosi is a very well-known uh, fitness influencer and bodybuilder. And he went in and got his blood work done. And his crews, his quote-unquote TRT is 500 a week. Um, Jesus. And uh, he went in and got it tested, and he was at, uh, I think, three. His total testosterone was three. <laughs> so if an IFBB pro who's quote-unquote well-connected was getting fake testosterone. Yeah. Um, what about you guys? Yeah. What about the normal, the normal dudes on the street? If, if you can't afford a doctor, in my opinion, don't do it. Right. Yeah, if you can, and it actually is pretty affordable. Like, we make it really affordable for people, and, and I see other clinics um, that are kind of making it affordable for people because it's better to, to get them in the right way than, than to go down the wrong route. You know, you saying it's affordable is not helping my situation. <laughs> I just want to do it, man. But but the the main recommendation is for anybody to get it at least once a year. You know, gotta make sure you get those blood blood, that blood work checked. Yeah, all the you know lipids, testosterone. Yeah, PSA. You can always be preemptive with your prostate if you you check your PSA levels. That's a big you know that's, that's something we pull that some people don't. If somebody does get their blood work done and it comes back as optimal, there are things you guys offer like the GAC and the IGF one that they could yeah. Utilize. There's always something. Nobody's ever like perfectly optimal. I think Zach pulled his his blood the other day. And it was like pretty optimal in like every category, but he's also like been doing HRT and running his own clinic for like six years. So he knows he's dialed, like he knows, right? He pulls his right. blood and anyone can get to that level. It's just time, you know? Right. Can, you know, can, you tell, can you tell us a little bit about like the process of working with like, for instance, your, your company, like what would be the process of, of getting into getting into an, an HRT uh, cycle or whatever you want to call it. Okay. So you always start with blood work. You need recent blood work. No doctor will write a script without that. You'll do a, a basic health and history, any outlying conditions, um, things like that, you know, diabetes, uh, if you're on a statin, anything. Injuries, like, like injuries, what you're looking for. We get that. Um, Pretty much, we always want somebody to meet with Dr. Pearson in person. Um, we're getting so many leads from across the country now that it's a little harder. So we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do phone calls with Pearson, Dr. Pearson. So you know the client can you know we'll email them the blood work. They can look at it. Pearson will go over with them on the phone, kind of explain to him. But he only has limited time. You know he'll do as best as he can. You, you know, guys might need two doctors. Guys, right? Huh? You guys might need two or three doctors soon. You know, we're, yeah, we're adding more currently. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then we'll get on the phone with me and kind of work out like a plan. Like I'll, I'll explain anything that they missed or any questions they have and kind of go through like a, what works for them price wise, um, what they're looking for. And then I, I kind of make a decision based on their blood work. What, what's going to give them the most for the, for the least, you know? essentially that's kind of what it looks like to start blood work health and history dr pearson and me so so if somebody doesn't live in florida they can get blood work locally and that can be sent to you yeah what we do is you could text me uh i'll get your email and your date of birth um and then i can send out a blood request via dr pearson um and then any any lab you go to uh, they can draw it there if you have insurance um we can we can send you the blood request and you can check with your insurance if they'll cover it um, or not. We suggest that you go to a lab core and you can pay us two ninety nine, and we'll pay for the lab for you um, and give you the cash pay price. So for next time, Josh, that's what we'll do. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll go to my experience. You guys don't mess up like I did. Um, so I went to my doctor. Um, first time I did blood work, 
because I was feeling really cruddy and I basically like was not recovering optimally from my hip. Wanted to make sure my blood work was good. Testosterone came back super low, like 200 or something at 26 years old. Like, come on, like it's too low. Um, and so then they just wrote me like your generic script. Here's 200 megs and take two and asters all a week. So then I went and contacted you guys because I was like, I don't feel very good. My face was like red all the time. Um, my joints hurt. I was like, this isn't cool, right? Because I, I talked to them, the doc and he's like, oh, it's normal. You're good. I was like, well, can we do blood work? Should we like maybe adjust the dose? And they're like, he's like, oh, you're good. You're good. Classic. You're fine. 200 a week. And I and like on my own, I started um, splitting it up into two doses. But he wanted just 200 once at one time a week. Yeah. Um, so your classic doc who just. Classic. Selling test, you know. So then uh, I went and talked to Zach. Zach was like, well, let's go down um, to 140 for now and we'll do blood work and see what you're at. And um, so we went down to 140 milligrams a week. We started doing it every other day. Um, and all those symptoms subsided. I, I go, totally got off the AI. So I wasn't not taking an aromatase inhibitor at all. Yeah. Joints are better. Joints feel better. Um, yeah, because even, even my shoulders and my knees and everything were feeling cruddy because of no estrogen. Yeah. So, um, what was your estrogen at when when you were with that clinic? I'm not sure, actually, because I got blood work done at the beginning. And then I got blood work done when I reduced the anastrozole dose and went from 200 tests down to 140 tests. So, okay. Um, we could go back and pull those, pull those. Yeah. Down. But I, I, don't, I don't think it was, uh, I don't think it was good. It was probably very low taking. Uh, right. And that's kind of my point that I was hitting on earlier. It's like, um, even though they're like hormone experts, it's like, here's a bottle of test. Here's some anastrozole. I'll see you later. Like right. it just like, doesn't really work. And oh yeah. So going back to the lab stuff, um, the first lab work I got done, I went actually through the doc and it was like 480. And then you guys sent me a script and I was like, oh, I'll just take it to LabCorp because it's by my house. I didn't ask LabCorp how much it was going to cost. So I, and they didn't tell me before. So I just like walk into LabCorp. It was terrible. They actually made me like, they had, they're like, I, I showed them your script um, on the electronic and they were like, oh, we have to have a fax. Yeah, they were weird. I actually ended up downloading an app that faxed it to them. So that took a little bit. And then I went and got the blood work done, come outside, and they're like, oh, yeah, that'd be $970. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what the actual, like, this is ridiculous. Like, 970 bucks. So, you know, I don't, I'll I'm definitely never going back to LabCorp again. I could have flown down and got your tech done for 250 bucks <laughs> cheaper, cheaper <laughs> at your clinic. They yeah. go into a place by my house. I could, probably could have got a, a you know a two way ticket for four eight. They should always tell you what it is prior, and and typically it's here. Here it is. You know, oh that's going to be X. Let's see if your insurance covers it, and then go forward. You know, like yeah, that was that was some Portland shit right there. Going yeah, so that, people, people that, are better off. The worst. So the two people in front of me, they pissed off super bad too. This lady came in and she had band aids all over her arms. Came out of the thing. And they're like the the the, the daughter is like yelling, "Why did you prick her so many times?" You know, <laughs> was that should have been a sign right there. I should have just like, like oh, I'm gonna get out of here. Probably yeah. had like I lit, I kid you not, she probably had twenty bandits. Look, I've got one on my arm right now. Twenty bandits. Oh, well, like of course, gonna be mad at us. Um, <laughs> but but by the way, I've been meaning to say something. There's been sure. five minutes of letting the bleeding stop. You've had the dump like eight hours. Oh, I can take it off. Good. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking off his bandaid. I, I had a, so Ari, I had pe people can in, in, and people can go life. to Androgenics <laughs> Solutions to uh, request a, a blood a blood um, blood yeah. drop sent to yep. them, right? Anywhere. Yeah. Uh huh. What we do now too is like if there's a lab core near you, Josh. What we're gonna do now is just you tell me. We'll buy the lab from LabCorp. Mm -hmm. And then give you the the rec, the number, and you show them the number, and that's done. There's no more. Okay. 
No more money than that. No more, no more so the two ninety nine cash pay lab. We pay, we buy it from them because we do so much business with them. We get a better price. Way and better. then, you know, <laughs> way better. Significantly, significantly. They, uh, they and, definitely. And you're good to go. So that's the point. Me over on that one. So, all right, Ari, dude, thanks for coming on, man. If people want to follow good you, show. reach out to you guys. How do we find you? Um, Instagram for Androgenics or what? Androgenics and you. You know, people want to follow your bodybuilding uh, progress. My name's Ari, A-R-I-E underscore Eragwen, Y-R-A-G-U-E-N. Nice. Androgenics, Facebook or Instagram. I think it's just Androgenics Advanced Health. It'll come up. You guys also are on, I have a and website. That's North Palm Beach, Florida. It's where we're located. And I the know. website. We're going to have to come visit you guys. Man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Get a workout in. We're going to have a blue collar field trip. We could do a whole nother hour on here. Yeah. Literally, go in the depths. We're, we're, go we're going to do another episode. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do another episode. Okay. Absolutely. Hey, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to Blue Collar Fitness. And uh, if you guys want to follow Trevor, T Chase Powers on Instagram, and I don't have a fucking website. <laughs> <laughs> You can come find me at Connor Burton Training on Instagram and Connor Burton Training. Actually, Connor Burton on uh, Facebook and Connor at ConnorBurtonTraining.com for my email. Josh, uh, where can people find you? Follow me at Sarge Josh on Instagram, JoshSargent.com. Yeah. And then I am at Dave.Shep on Instagram, and my website is DaveShepConsulting.com. Perfect. And you can find us on BlueCollarFitnessPodcast.com. And you can find us at Blue Collar Fitness Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening. We love you and we're out. Peace.